I V M. Advertising is dead. It's all business now. And talking about business, there are certain categories of the business ecosystem which we don't talk about enough, and actually should, because these are the categories that oftentimes are the ones pushing towards educating, normalizing, and often enough destigmatizing the usage of those products. I mean, a case in point is the absorption hygiene products category, which includes diapers, sanitary pads, and adult diapers. and a company has been really pushing a conversation ahead pushing the products ahead in this category is noble hygiene and today to tap on to this segment but also core focus on the adult diaper segment i have kartik jori on the show he is the vice president of marketing and commerce at noble hygiene and i'm going to be talking to kartik about all of these pieces how he hires how he looks at working with his team and so much more I'm Vandu Girala, and this advertising is dead, but it's all about business. Right back with my chat with Arthik. Welcome back to Advertising is Dead. We're talking to Karthik. Uh, Karthik, this has been, I feel, an, an, a recording that has not only had hurdles of calendar matching, but as of the last fifteen minutes of this recording, internet matching platforms have exchanged. There is a lot that's happened to make this chat happen. Yeah, man. I hope the universe wasn't pushing us apart from some other weird reason. But very, very happy to do this now. I'm very excited because it's finally happening. Likewise, and, and and you know, when I was doing research on category, right, and one of the core mm-hmm. things that I kind of was looking. at and i was saying this to you before vic this office that there are certain segments in the business environment where you know they're so ever present there's such massive parts of the business ecosystem part of our daily lives but we don't talk about them enough and but i feel many ways both the marketing as well as a lot of stuff that's happening around that is really bringing certain categories to light so what you would always in my head would call a diaper segment is and i've just found out and i have is the absorption hygiene products segment uh, which actually many ways encompasses so many pieces there but i want to actually ask you that if you look at your journey cross noble and and even through the process what mm. have you realized over a period in this segment that most people don't get and what you didn't do before you got into it so interesting question man i mean you know trying to distill like maybe a decades worth of insights uh, down to one principle is usually hard but i think off the cuff if there was one thing that i've realized about the category and about such taboo products specifically with friends or with you know with you um it takes inward inadvertently longer to change people's perceptions about things it seems like one of those basic golden rules that you know should apply right but call it a marketer's folly call it condescension or what you know there is always that fire within oneself saying that you can come up with a few amazing campaigns spark some national discussion and things should change but as we've come to realize that it's the hardest thing in the world truly is to change someone's paradigm on whether mm. it's a product or a problem um for us all the more consequential because the product comes after the problem right and mm. the biggest problem that we face with adult diapers is that the users they don't want to reflect upon it you know yeah. one of the first primary researches that i conducted truly had this nugget this one line that said your users are the biggest roadblock to product adoption and i said damn now that if that's not a marketing statement then i, I don't know what is you know so it's truly been a privilege and an mm. experience to try and sort of build on to this multi-decadal effort 
to a educate people about incontinence and be taking it a couple of steps further ensuring that you know they get the chance to experience azadi or a modicum of freedom which they've sort of forsaken in their lives back again so that would be it you know and that's i think an important point right because oftentimes when you, you you talk to people especially across the marketing space in mm. today's world the conversation becomes about educating mm. but in your case it was a lot more about destigmatizing for you and gotten to educating correct correct and so when you look at that what were the initial steps kind of took as a brand so because these these are things you kind of have to do to kind of even bring that in what were the cuz when i look at what you're putting out now there's a lot of cultural relevance in there this you know the kind of you know, even content collaborations you've done etc mm. it's mm. i've seen that i can make or it's been a bit of a journey but what were the initial pieces that you kind of took okay, this is this is the this is where we start this is where this is really going to grow from okay um destigmatization is unfortunately no easy not to crack right educating is uh, i feel easier because at least the people have a propensity or at least an open mindset to learn about something right fiden sings going to come and tell you about this amazing new brownie laden biscuit your first proclivity is to be like oh wow what is that i want to know more about it but here we are dealing with a, a product and a category no matter how much value it provides or how empowering it is for the end consumer and i can share some examples of those too is uh, truly the is how strong denial as a force exists and that is the first step and the first challenge that we had to sort of tackle and unpack piece by piece right because it's about susupoti issues right now baby diapers is of course far easier of a conversation but when you go with adult diapers it is the most culturally and hygienically sensitive topic that one could breach right and this goes across far more it goes far deeper in our own brains than we even sometimes give it cognizance of one of the best books that i've ever read in my life very life changing was Uh, it's called the righteous mind by jonathan hates where in a neuroscientist mm-hmm. describes and there are five flavors to our brain as there are to our tongue and uh, one of them is conscientiousness which is mm-hmm. deeply tied to religiosity which is deeply tied to spiritualism and cleanliness right mm-hmm. so that is a core drive which an adult diaper forces a person to confront um mm-hmm. as a man you know what's practically the worst insult you can give to any other man is ki sala tera pant gila right it is a challenge on his control it is a challenge to his masculinity and it is mm. challenge to him his entire being right that mm. i am not even capable of controlling the most basest urge mm. that a man experiences and mm. here and how do you make sure that a person go ahead, goes ahead and confronts that within his own mind and not only confrontation is one aspect that's when denial kicks in acceptance is truly where the bridge needs to be made you know so it's again to to allude to the previous answer um i don't think there's anything me or anyone else can do to sort of create an overnight change in this the problem is far more deeper right though we're privileged with all the years of effort that we've taken that we do see a reflection of more openness in people willing to mm-hmm. discuss the problem even within their own families right the yeah. users still remain our biggest roadblocks but at least the family members are now far more open to having this conversation and sort of uh, being that bridge for the product and for the user in their own homes and that's an interesting consumer insight right because oftentimes it's not you believe you talk, you're only talking to the consumer but it's actually the ecosystem the community around them that becomes right. so core for you know just like adoption of a product and a product which they actually do need but are like um you know are worried to kind of take on or they feel a sense of of there's obviously shame there's a lot of stuff around that as well absolutely um, what have you learned about the core consumer and that community beyond this over this period which you know initially 
she would say, okay, this wouldn't work, but it did end up working. Were there specific pieces that kind of came up um, that you were like, okay, I, I didn't, never thought that this would actually be a core insight on the consumer. Hmm. Something far left field. The one, the golden one that I mentioned, you know, now it seems obvious in hindsight, but that was a surprise to us. Um, another recent surprise to us is uh, how much the community is still averse to talking about the diaper irrespective mm. even though they use it right yeah. now that came as a surprise to us and this is coming from how homes that have been using our product for close to a decade now mm. it's an institution in their homes their their local network knows about it their chemist certainly knows about it and everyone's in the know having mm. said that even though we introduced an upgrade to the product right and this is a specific case when a consumer wrote back about one of the changes that we made we said this is fair this is our logic behind it but for your specific issue can we recommend an overnight diaper mm. which we pioneered and it's the best in the country and you should face no issues whatsoever there was an overwhelming amount of reluctance for him to even have that conversation think oh who's going to go and have this internally bauji ke sath kon baat karne wala hai nahi nahi abhi unpe inka comfort baith gaya hai nahi aap ise theek kar do hum kaam chala lenge Mm. So again, that averseness to change, even though you are already a decade into the product experience yeah. journey, you yeah. are still not comfortable openly talking about the problem and even improving upon it, you know, mm. because the product now allows for it. But that's again a strange, strange barrier that keeps coming up. So, which for us, you know, we are always flanking, always flanking, like try yeah. to get around their mental barriers somehow. Um, and therein comes another aspect, right? Is that even if you look at it broadly, and I'm going. brought beyond beyond friends as well you look at sanitary pads i think except for diapers which is like maybe baby diapers mm. even when you go to purchase the thing always it will come in this one cover which even's like hidden it's almost like a thing right and, and that's yeah. it's taken a while for that to come away yeah. um how do you look at the branding itself uh, as a mm. way to kind of take away the challenges of adoption because i love the fact that it your brand's called friends because mm. it's it connotes a few things but i want to kind of get into the core insight of and has that kind of almost the branding also kind of helped in kind of reaching out to a consumer oh of course i mean it does our name is a huge boon to us when boss eventually originally came up with it i don't i didn't think he realized the significance <laughs> and the value that it will provide 20 25 years down the line it does make for a easier onboarding and mm. for an easier conversation absolutely but the moment you move your just friends it's no one knows just friends it's friends mm. adult diapers yeah. so therein we are back into the conflict right mm. so branding wise and i'm taking an assumption here that you meant beyond packaging alone beyond packaging yeah, yeah of course so i think the number one thing that we try to always go for is trust right it's a very intimate problem and unless we create any unless we create trust right at the outset there is no chance of us to any have any sort of conversation right all the reassurance convincing trial everything happens later so yeah. the first step is to try and be an authentic honest brand mm. that someone on the leg of even one single communication can trust yeah. so that i think is the most important facet and it's very hard to build in into communications you know yeah. um it's an ongoing process it takes again like i said very new ways new mediums always keep flanking and it takes time but wherein we've seen successes we've seen some truly mind blowing heart rending heart rending stories come out of it i want to kind of shift gears it and i want to kind of look at the broader context of things what i've noticed in recent times and and i'd love to get your thought on it is that when you're taking in product and you're placing it in what is almost socially you know consumed content like i've seen for instance the collaborations you've done with let's say a 
TVF and, mm. and some of the others. You're kind of placing it as part of a broader narrative. Mm. Have you seen that to be a core tool, especially in sectors like this? And then even beyond just, let's say, the adult diaper segment, do you see that that as being a core function of just like marketing in general and kind of pushing product out? Interesting question. Now, the second part of it is easier. Of course, I think it's a... Now it's become one of the standard branches yeah. in the giant yeah. tree of what is marketing. Exactly. Right? Yeah. Um, so what for it, what value drives for us? I think the TVF integration, because we've spoken a couple of times about it, and we've had a new one come out just uh, I think a few hours mm-hmm. or a day before. This was our attempt to sort of get into the mind space of the third generation, which exists within the same home, right? Um, mm-hmm. I'm going to borrow a line from my wife here, but she mm-hmm. says that there's a reason why grandparents and grandchildren are so close. It's because they mm-hmm. share a common enemy, which is mm-hmm. the generation in the middle. And because of that, there is a unique bond that exists. And throughout our primary research, what we saw was that there is this set usage or product adoption pattern that kept jumping out, right? That specifically either the daughter-in-law or the grandsons in the house, grandchildren in the house were the ones to always fight. And mm. they said that first conversation complete mind block. Second conversation, anger. Third conversation, now when the grandson or the granddaughter is feeling angry herself, then blows out into full conflict, right? Saying, why aren't you using this product? You're shackling yourself inside your home for no rhyme, no reason. You're letting go of your social circle. You're letting go of the activities that bring you joy in this day and age. What's the need? No, no, diaper nipen. Diaper means mm. I'm bedridden. I can still make it to the bathroom. I'm mm. still much, very much in control, right? Mm. Unfortunately, what again, education is step two. What we try to educate them is that it's more of an insurance, Mm. right? There's Mm. a WHO study that states that the most number of senior accidents in the world happen when they're quietly going their way to the washroom in the night, right? Mm. And at that point, post 65, if you're going to break a hip or fracture a leg, it's very hard for your body to heal. So use it as an insurance. You don't have to word yourself into it if you're not in that position. But at Mm. least you're going to save yourself that run up the stairs as soon as you reach the mall or as soon as you reach your home because your bladder is just about to go and you're ringing the bell frantically save yourself of that experience you know because that's where mistakes are committed and what we've realized was that after these points of conflict that the third generation was having with the original um there is one thing that all indians hate universe this is waste so what yeah. the younger ones did was ki bhai abhi to pack maine ghar pe la ke rakh diya abhi aapko fekna to you lift it with your own hands and you throw it into the trash <laughs> which no one will do say oh money has been spent now i might have wasted yeah correct and yeah. post that is when we've seen transformation journeys we've seen again life examples where the seniors have come back within 72 hours and have said that okay i want this size and i want this variant and i need three mm. packs in my cupboard at all points in time and then yeah. they've gone a decade beyond in with happier yeah. stories you know, and it was super interesting what you just said is it's not just consumer behavior from a purchase pattern, but it's like literally consumer behavior in terms of how even fam- family dynamics uh, oh, from yeah. a cultural sense really matter. And especially products like yours, that's so important because that interaction is leading to all the steps you want to go through. You want to go from normalizing to educating to you know, everything else. Very much. It's even part of the core problem itself. You know, if mm-hmm. I may just relate a narrator's short story, yes. right? Yes. This is again a, from a primary research where a grandfather said to my team that this is the summation, one line. Now, who wants to feel like an untouchable in their own home? Man? That is, I won't wish that on my worst enemy. And here is a poor man at the very end of his, you know, he still has 20 years to go, right? But mm. the end of his professional career, now is the time mm. to enjoy life. He had mm. one accident on the hall sofa where mm. he leaked when he wasn't aware of what was happening. Now he's ostracized by his entire family. 
because mm. now he's restricted to his own room mm. there is now an pervasive smell of urine that floats around the room and that sort of is like an halo that drives everyone away mm. and to what end the families are deeply involved in this irrespective of what we may think mm. another point and i'm sure you can relate to this even more personally is one grandfather said that the only spark of life in my joy used to be that i could take my granddaughter down for 2 3 hours every evening and play with her mm. but after i've been incontinent now that's been taken away from me and i have failed to understand why i even continue living mai kya mai kyu jiya correct again deeply rooted problem so we have to take the family along if we are supposed to resolve this and while you spoke about the specific cultural nuance of this when you look at and if you take a broader perspective on mm. the oral market obviously and when you look at diapers from a baby sense you're looking at sanitary pads you're looking at adult diapers as industries there has been a fair bit of evolution both from how you market how you connect consumers what consumers really want how even the industries like so from a broader sense what are you seeing as the opportunity in the space on a broad lens if you just take a bit of a we zoom out right now mm. on the entire absorbent hygiene space yeah. Yeah. yes um frankly speaking we have a long way to go friend um our journey even though this is now soon to be our 23rd year of operations we've barely begun right adult diaper penetration in the country is about 1% sanitary napkin and baby diaper penetration numbers range from 15 to 18% right but mm. it's less than a fifth mm. so if you can imagine one out of five babies who can use a diaper or one out of five women who can use a sanitary hygiene product they are the ones who are using it there is no mm. one else mm. so we truly have a long way to go and i think affordability and education etc are just one shade of the entire path right we have seen trends from other countries and we sort of need the entire ecosystem to evolve beyond mm. this um the more people learn the healthier that they live the more that they earn their proclivity to spend on hygiene increases we've sort of seen this inflection point in china right when they reached a per capita income of about $3300 or something of the sort is when healthcare spends skyrocketed that's when mm. people started being obsessed about personal hygiene absorbent hygiene kicked off in a huge way that's the hockey stick point Indians mm. were what, 1600 1700 so not even half way there mm. so it's truly going to take a community led effort right to yeah. improve our situation holistically so as to give people more time and freedom in their lives to pick this up and i think that's a super important point because and the reason why i wanted to zoom out is that oftentimes when you going in deeper um you get certain insights but when look at from a broad sense you really also see how much more work needs to be done what more we need to kind of get towards and so kind of looking at both those lenses in that sense also kind of helps people understand what uh needs to be done what is happening right now um and kind of like how to bridge that mm-hmm. gap in that sense of the word um mm-hmm. do you also see this segment and look at where you are right now and this is more on an individual capacity look at your journey from the time you came in to now what mm. have you learned about yourself as a professional how has that evolution been <laughs> i've never i've learned so many things on but i've frankly never thought of how i've sort of evolved you know it was always a plan um i knew that there were certain things that i'm good at i sort of feed my energy into the organization and i in the truest sense i would like to call myself a catalyst right and mm-hmm. this i didn't know about myself when i joined the business as mm-hmm. with any young upstart with 3 years of work experience few startups under my belt i came back and i thought okay let's professionalize the system and let's change it blah 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 of course i had a bit more patience so it took time mm-hmm. but um, it's a very often quoted statement that nothing is done by one man alone 
and it's always mm. a team that does it um i didn't know what a great team player i was right and i'm very proud to say that that i'm not a born leader i'm not a leader in any aspects mm. there are people who lead functions in all facets and functions of my company i am a catalyst and a catalyst mm. true to its function is useless without the base chemicals so if my mm. team is there and if they are committed to my brands and they are committed to my consumers mm. i can work with them to supercharge their efforts right yeah. but i am nothing alone and that is sort of the first skin that i had to shed um after i joined the business right it, and that consequently led to tremendous amount of growth because with every conversation when i just sit across the table from my cfo or my sales head or from my trade marketing head or my training head and there's always so much to learn there are guys with decades of experience and valuable insights and you know if you just drop the fact your ego is not your amigo so <laughs> you can just focus on that i think the rest works out yeah it's super interesting that you spoke about leadership in the way that you did because i feel that often times that is not spoken about the assumption is that if you're in a function you have to be a leader versus what you said with being a catalyst and i think that's a huge point that most people miss mm. trying to really make yourself not be what you is what is yeah. your innate skill set and you're moving towards um what you feel is required but but not necessarily be the best way for you as an individual and a professional to kind of move towards it so there's a there's a but then that also might uh lead to you think I'll hire with that in mind um let me hire with mm. the fact that because I'm a catalyst who was mm. working around me needs to be functional you're not hiring with yeah. a separate mindset and functioning in a separate mindset that kind of works mm. together yeah. and one of the core things that we always like to ask on the show is that what do you look for when you hire but i know we need to go for a break so i'm going to leave that <laughs> open ended so we'll stick on uh, so we'll go for a quick break and be right back with that as it is that welcome back to addressing is dead we're still talking to karthik karthik uh, we left it on a bit of a interesting point uh, when mm. we went for break like i so said you your catalyst how does that direct how you hire the ecosystem around you when you working especially um, in a category like like yours and and with a thought process like yours i think well roundedness is something that i try to drive always within my team right I'm most cognizant of my own flaws which is why everyone most people in my team are hyper organized because my organizational ability is squat right this is i i relate to that perspective <laughs> Correct. Totally relate. So, but that's from a team perspective, right? Individually, when I step into interviews, what do I look for? Firstly, it's not really an interview; it's more of a conversation. I mm. deeply respect the privilege that I've been given to ask open-ended questions to a person about any facet of their life, right? At least professional life, but we all know it bleeds over. Mm. So, I'm very respectful of that. And what I try to look for is the person's story, and just the story mm. makes sense. One of the things that I don't tend to compromise on is two points that I can share. One is communication, right? Mm. we all wish that we were in a world of superpowers i read a lot of fiction we've all seen mm. the avengers and x men movies mm. you yeah. all know what power we would want yeah. we don't unfortunately we live in our real planet and the yeah. only superpower available to all of us is right our own tongues <laughs> yeah every single interaction of your life is dictated by how well you can communicate and what words you can employ where right yeah so that to me at this point in the our journey is non negotiable you need to be an excellent communicator you need yeah. whether orally or written you should know how to get your point across succinctly you should know how to resolve conflict without it blowing up and mm. 
more so than that, you should always be cognizant of the importance of each and every word that spills mm. out of your mouth, right? Mm. So that's one. Second thing, what is one of my newer questions that I've been asking for the past nine months is, what is a person's mental diet? We all have a physical mm. diet, sustains us, keeps us going. What do you do for your own brain, right? Mm. And I've most people ask me for a clarification. What mm. do you mean by mental? And that point I clarify. And then I see them stuck saying, oh, okay. Oh, I like to watch this. I like to read this. Mm. But simply changing the perspective of that question. Otherwise, normally you would ask me, what content do you like? Or what content do you yeah. consume? The, when you put the diet paradigm, suddenly I see the spark go off in their own mind. And they start reflecting saying, Ki, yaar, what is my mental diet? You know, it's yeah. the equivalent of a McDonald's, which I've been consuming for 20 years. Yeah. So at least I've been able to share that insight with people. So there again, I look for very diverse input streams into people's brains, right? It, it doesn't matter if you listen to podcasts, if you read, if you write, if you watch. But there should be diversity in thought because, come on, you're getting into marketing, right? And it's the mm. most generalist of all functions. So mm. unless you are getting 12 different streams of input in your brain, how do you plan to synthesize something outstanding and come up with a good plan? Yeah. So yeah. that's one of the things that I push people for. Too. I love the mental diet point because I feel that that's something we, I mean, I know I've spent a lot of time thinking about what, what do I feed my mind? And I was, I worked with a coach, so I was talking to my coach the other day mm. and she actually said that don't only consume stuff that is connected to what you do because the mm. tendency is to always focus on um, like she like don't read about the creator economy don't only read stuff about marketing or as a, or entrepreneurship or or like how, how, how your mind works read fiction for all you care find fantasy so I think that's also super important when you think about the mental diet saying are you giving yourself diverse input so you aren't mm. also also stuck with that blinder because that's very easy to kind of get into correct and that's one of my pet peeves you know actually like when people in interviews say that oh I read I've been mm. reading since I was a year and a half couldn't practically yeah. even read at that point but my mom used to leave a book in front of me and put a tape on and when yeah. the ting sound used to come i used to know time to change the page boom so i've read a fair amount right um when people say they read and then they start narrating all these books you know about uh rework and then mm. they're going to talk about the, something about neuroscience or the mm. journey of the mind this that i'm like macha this is not reading right mm. reading encompasses a vast swath of things you're just mm. in your own microcosm thinking that you're reading Mm. And this was really driven to me home because of some article that I was reading and I think HBR, um, mm. uh, MIT did this sort of neuroscience experiment and they found that when people read fiction and specifically high fantasy fiction, there are parts yeah. of their brain that light up, um, which have to do with empathy, sympathy and putting yourself in that person's shoes and also about world building, creation, questioning the very fundamental rules by which we all operate, which none of the other genres take you to. And at that point, when I read it, I'm like, oh, wow, man, I really lucked into this because I've been reading fiction since a very, very early age. But after that, it sort of had a very deep, profound impact on me. And now I urge people to start with, you know, either a manga or a manga or something to get you out of your comfort zone. It's yeah. okay if you read a comic, but inject some variety into what goes in. That's the yeah. starting point. Yeah, that's so true. And for someone to using that to kind of move it towards a direction is that if somebody wants to understand the opportunities in the space in which you function right now, say, okay, I, I want to work. I, I think this category has obviously, we've, we've already also through this conversation realized that the opportunity is there for people mm. to really get in and, and be able to kind of push this part because there's so much more to do. Yeah. What are the skill sets that you need beyond what you've said that I need to kind of learn more about or is it something which I need to get and get into, dig deeper or are there specifics that you kind of uh, need to learn before? Nothing specifically for our industry as a whole, I would say. More so from an FMCG orientation because that's how we truly see ourselves. 
And in FMCG, there are certain golden principles that always align, right? You have to be extremely consumer centric. You have to get research oriented. You have to mm. data speak for itself. So all of these things, I think, are step one. Um, if you want to come into this space, mm. there is us at Noble Hygiene. There are multinational giants that exist above us. It's a whole host of other local domestic competitors below us. But the ability to rapidly learn and mm. to switch hats consistently, I think that is one of the core drivers. And it it holds in good stead in any field, but in FMCG and in disposable absorbent hygiene, absolutely, right? Yeah. It's a complex product, which I don't think uh, many people even realize, right? Most mm. people tend to think of a diaper as this cloth sandwich, but yeah. it's a 140 foot long machine where I have to stabilize 15 raw materials in real time run by three engineers to make 600 diapers, 700 diapers a minute. So yeah. it's extremely fast paced, very automated, highly intensive and variable. So if anyone's interested to get into this space, you have to be a quick learner. And mm. otherwise, you're going to be stuck at doing the road things that it's replicable across any brands. You know, you could do yeah. BTL executions in chocolate. You could do the same in diapers. But if you really want to succeed, you, you understand must how learn. Uh, that's a point which often gets missed, right? You kind of go and say, okay, I just have broad understanding. I understand how marketing works. Let me just turn it to cut, copy, paste from one spot to the other. But it's not just cultural understanding, consumer understanding, but also like understanding how specific, like I think the, what you just mentioned about the FMCG understanding is super important because the more you understand today's world and it, it's moved, there was this point where everyone spoke about, oh, everything's going to be D2C. But mm-hmm. I think we all learned that it's, you cannot take away the importance and the scale of what the face-to-face retail or modern yes. trade is, called, is, is played. Yes. If you take the last one year into contention, I want to ask, actually ask you, if you look at trends going ahead, because you've spoken about how we've kind of come here, we've spoken about it. Um, what are you seeing A, consumers ask more of? And, you know, what are you seeing as trends? As in terms of even the products, where are they kind of moving? Because um, mm. the, the term sustainable obviously comes up a lot, especially in this category. Uh, wow. But beyond that, what else are consumers asking for? And where do you kind of see, uh, what are you looking at as trends for the future? Sure. So sustainable, of course, is one of the key trends that comes up. But unfortunately, it's very urban bubble, right? Mm. That's where all of these conversations exist. Like I said, sanitary napkin penetration is at 16%. Yeah. So imagine the ones who are talking about sustainability you know you're in a you're far removed from the realities of the world that we operate in mm-hmm. and to point on that just for anyone because we've had so many conversations on reusable diapers and biodegradable sanitary napkins you know a as an industry we would love it if such things exist and can be scaled we are no strangers to what kind of an impact our products have and the industry as a whole has been working to decrease that impact continuously for over a decade right um so that said and out of the way right for anyone who is using these reusable products, etc. I urge you all to consider the water cost of what you're doing. We ourselves are in the state of Maharashtra. There are mm-hmm. documented examples of children traveling for two hours by train to pick two pails of water and coming back to their village. You think everyone has the privilege to keep washing eight or ten diapers a day, hanging them out to dry in a hygienic facility and manner? Um, do we think everyone has the privilege of reusing sanitary napkins and cleaning it and hanging it out to dry again? Hell no. Right. So sustainability is still far ways away. I think biodegradability with the help of the government is mm. something which is far more achievable and to set up a circular economy for all of these things. And that's something that we're trying to encourage and have conversations with as well. Another law, larger and more long-term trends that we're seeing is towards value, right? Mm. Um, inflation's biting everyone's pocket as we speak. We Recessions apparently around the corner. It's like this boogeyman we've been waiting for for four or five months. For a now. while now. Yeah. For a while now, yeah. Yeah. Um, having said that, so the conversation is being deeply driven towards value. 
right i don't say com- cost competitiveness i think mm-hmm. an indian person and an average indian consumer is more than happy to pay for the value he receives but he should be very clear about the value that he receives you know and if you can make that case very strongly i think you're in good stead so all in all lot of innovation going on throughout the category as to how can we increase the value that our products give to our users without compromising on quality without compromising on the things that they've grown accustomed to and the things that they trust about it Yeah. towards the end of every episode i i do this one segment which is mm-hmm. um and i i think we've we've done a brief bit of that because we only spoke about mental diet etc where i ask mm-hmm. my guests a set of questions which aren't necessarily about what you've spoken about be it the mark be it the business side of it it's it's more about you as an individual um so what do you spend a lot of time doing beyond work that mm-hmm. really keeps you involved keeps you going and it's it's a point of focus for you so what charges my battery right? yes what um, charges your battery perfect word yeah i think a reading right like i said voracious reader so i love consuming written word um b i am a sony playstation loyalist from ps2 <laughs> days so whenever a few hours in the week when you get time i love to game and that sort of really you know refreshes mm-hmm. the mind there and these are two things that i try to stay on top of right mm-hmm. reading is of course something very core to me and i urge everyone in my team and all the people i meet to do so like i said whether a comic or whatever but start so mm-hmm. those are some of the things that uh, charge my battery um i also very recently woken up to the benefits of your own body and health so now mm-hmm. swimming is one of my newer addictions so i hope to keep that going too mm-hmm. um anything you've read recently that you recommend um, um or rather anything you added to your mental diet recently i'm going to use your term <laughs> on you uh, that you take what's on your mental diet um so i'm at an unfortunate disadvantage with this question because my streams of input are very diverse already mm-hmm. right but uh, something recently that i would recommend i'm actually reading this uh, lovely book on gamification principles mm-hmm. by yuki chao i think i can just mm-hmm. check the name mm-hmm. but i recommend that book whole and heartedly to everyone right because gamification is just the tag on it right gamification yeah. deals with human motivation and mm-hmm. everything you do in life especially if you're a manager or a team leader you have teams you have people you need to motivate even in your own family even with your own spouse everything is mm-hmm. a conversation and people need to be motivated to move ahead and mm-hmm. there are such simple principles you can pick up and you can deploy i think it should be made one of the mandatory reads at least in you know classic mba style educations mm-hmm. people need to know how people function i, I love that like people need to know how people function because I, oftentimes that's the one thing we don't really learn right oh not at all i, I was talking to and, and uh, i think a professor uh, in, in one of these universities and i was like why don't you teach people how to have conversations i said it's a mandatory podcast module just so you know how to have a conversation because if you put in front of that <laughs> mic you have to talk um yeah. i said it's important kind of do that um uh, just kind of learn how to kind of put points across and how to you know evolve in that space absolutely um, there's one question i've asked every single guest so far um and it, it's it's mm-hmm. been the most interesting one to just see what people respond with uh, which is uh, what can you put together in an instant what can i put together in an instant a rhyme i don't think anyone said that before i think someone said a poem but i don't think anyone said a rhyme so mm-hmm. you would be the first one in all these episodes to say a rhyme i'm i'm so happy to be the first at anything what, what was the most common answer varun uh people say maggi or some say chai uh, those come up very often um okay. although maggi went away for a while and now it's a, it's it's come back in recent times again as an answer um but people say an, an idea sometimes but mm. um rhyme hasn't come up on that often um and um just kind of close things off on ask you what's the best piece of advice you've got wow 
this takes me back um it's it was transformational in many ways right one of uh, i had the privilege of having some great professors back in my mba day and one of them's advice always stuck with me right uh, he said two things one everything for everyone is nothing for no one so, so focus true. the counterpoint of that is deep focus um one other thing he said because he was a b2b professor he said the biggest mistake people do is when you're trying to build up your story and classically if you're pitching any product or solution your price is last right mm. which is utter bollocks it should be first yeah. because a when you scale out your activities you need to filter right at the outset of who is appropriate and who is not and b if your service costs 25 lakh rupees stay mm. state it right up front then build your justification so your yeah. receiver also tries to understand and frame it in the right context don't let it leave hanging you know mm. and later on i went on to realize that there's a marine communication concept around this it's called bluff which is bottom line up front mm. and this is the one thing i tell everyone in my organization and the people who i work with saying state your point then go to the story don't mm. ghuma fira no one has yeah. the patience or the mental fortitude to listen to four minutes of inane prating mm. on and on and on and then get the answer to the question pehle jawab fir kaam you know the last time someone said that was i was talking to a creator who's super popular on on instagram and and mm. uh, and he said that in storytelling you always have the setup the twist and the conclusion mm. in in when you making uh, short form content you start with the conclusion you start with the giveaway Correct. then right. you tell the story so that literally what you just said but if you look at that's that's exactly how that is working for them as well so um i think that's a that's a fabulous piece of advice to kind of give um I know this this recording has been through everything from scheduling conflicts to my internet giving away to changing platforms but thank you so much Karthik this has been a fabulous chat tons of stuff for people to take away from this um, and thank you for coming on advertising instead yo my privilege man it's been a pleasure talking to you a pleasure to finally have this interaction um, i hope through all my learnings i was able to share a modicum of something that the viewers find interesting and sure. you know have the potential to change their lives a little bit Thanks a ton guys. This tons to take off from this episode for sure. Awesome. If you like this podcast and you want to listen to more podcasts like this, head over to the IBM podcast website or app or wherever you get your podcast from and look at all the podcasts that IBM makes. There's some really fun stuff there.